Hi, I'm Brenda. And I'm Jessica, and you're listening to the Lifting You Higher podcast. Where we like to take heavy topics and lighten them up. Our goal is to encourage and lift you up on this journey we call life. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy. Brenda. And we have a special guest with us today. This is Teresa. Hi. <laughs> um, she works for the Hope Center Ministries. She is the um, CFO. So we're so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored. Yeah. And Teresa is our first guest that we ever, ever. had on the podcast. So you're like sitting yes. on the road here. <laughs> Go down a new road here. I'm so excited. Yeah. But um, it's the, we just thought this would be something really cool to talk about because oh. it's, it's such an important thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, one morning God just woke me up and um, he reminded me of the story of the prodigal son. And we all know that story. We know the story about how the son, you know, obviously the father was wealthy and the son wanted his, his portion and he took it and he went off and he just, you know, blew it away yeah. on stuff and ends up at a pig farm feeding the pigs <laughs> And is such a lowly servant Mm -hmm. at this pig farm that his food comes from what he feeds the pigs. And, um, and I just, have you ever been to a pig farm? It stinks. Let me tell you, it's disgusting. Um, I have never been to a pig farm, but I had a relative that had one pig (laughs) that they, they lived on some property and they got a pig and they raised it because they were going to butcher it, you know, and put it in their freezer and this pig was so disgusting. It, it, I mean, it was like, it was muddy. It was dirty. It had what I call pig flies because they were huge. And, you know, it was just like one pig could cause that much disgust. And I can't imagine. Now, I say that, and, and although I'm slightly a vegetarian, I do like bacon. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm not saying we should get rid of them. pigs. Yeah. But I'm just saying it takes a really special person yes. to work in that environment. Yes. And I am not one of them. But anyway, you know, so he must have just been, and plus we're talking about biblical times. So there was no hygiene. No. There was no, you know, go take a shower and put some dirty deodorant on. It was like, you know. It was what it was. Yeah. And here's this guy that just came so high and was brought down so low. Mm. And then um, he decides one day, okay, I'm going to go back because, you know, I'm going to go back to my father's house because even this, you know, the, the lowly servants at my father's house get treated better than I am right now. Yeah. And so he goes back and I always envision in my head, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, is that, you know, it, because he was, the father was wealthy, he probably had a lot of property and, and most people, when you build a, a home and you're wealthy, you build it on the highest point of the property mm-hmm. so that you can look out over your property. Yeah. And so, you know, every day he probably came out and stood on his veranda, you know, mm-hmm. or porch or whatever it was, and looked to see if he saw his son coming, mm-hmm. you know, just to make sure he didn't miss him. And and then that one day he came and he saw him. So, you know, we know the, the story says that he ran out and got his father, gets his runs out and gets his son. He gets him. And I, I imagine that, and I know the Bible says he brought the robe and the ring, but I imagine that he was pretty disgusting, yeah. you know, when the father came up to him. You know, it's not like he stopped at the um, 
on cue and showered <laughs> yeah. in the you know the trucker section <laughs> and got cleaned up. He probably just came as he was because he had no choice. Mm, and so right. here he is, disgusting, yeah. and he runs up and he puts that robe and ring on him. And I think, I think in my head, this is my story, <laughs> is that he probably stopped somewhere and cleaned him up so that he didn't have to come back to the house amongst the servants and the family members and have that shame, additional shame on him. I mean, it's bad enough that he was coming down, bro- coming back broke. Yeah. And they all knew he was at the pig farm working, you know, right. as a servant at the pig farm. Oh. And so I, in my head, I think, I bet he probably stopped somewhere and paid to have him cleaned up mm-hmm. before he got back to the house. And, and how, what, conversation went on between that walk back to the house. Mm. And I think that for God that when he pours out a a revival, mm. there are a lot of people that are gonna need help on that walk back. Yeah. Mm. Because I mean unless you're eight years old and you get saved, you know, <laughs> you know, that's gonna be short and sweet. It's sure. like, yeah, I you know, I put gum in my sister's hair. <laughs> And I lied about, you know, doing my homework assignment. You know, that's about it. But, you know, but if you're an adult and you have a walk, that walk back to the house is going to be pretty monumental. Right. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that needs to get cleaned off, Mm -hmm. hosed down. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, because it's to, to not because you're not worthy, Mm -hmm. but we are not worthy, but because you just have all that garbage and baggage Mm -hmm. on you that needs to come off. Yeah, but also, like, God accepts us the way we are, right. slop and all, right. you know? That. So we, we don't have to be cleaned up before we take that walk. Right, that's exactly, we don't. Yeah. But I think after he met up with the father, it was like, let me clean you up a bit. Yeah. Before well, it, you... it reminds me a little of the story of the Good Samaritan. Yes. Yeah. Whenever he says here to the, to the uh, hotel owner, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to pay for whatever it takes to take care of this person. Right. So right, he right. just, he's there to, you know, clean us up in every way possible yeah. and provide for us in that way. So he can be what he needs to be. And mm-hmm. so that's, so it made me think of the Hope Center. And I thought, we really need to talk about the Hope Center because yes. I think the Hope Center is doing that. It's, it's the catch between the salvation experience of the coming back and the being a functional, you know, disciple yeah. of Christ. Because, yeah. I mean, there's that part where you got to get, you know, the, and I think that's where the Hope Center comes in. And so that's why I thought, let's talk about the Hope Center. And so, yeah. um, so I got some questions when I should Teresa. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. So how did the Hope Center come to be? Well, um, Hope Center started in 2007. Um, our president and founder, Josh Hanna, Um, had come out of addiction. He had um, experienced it himself. He'd been in drugs and alcohol. He he tried to do the walk back several times. He was radically saved in a a, a Pentecostal church service. And it's it's really quite entertaining to hear him talk about it. Um, Because, you know, they say, come up and confess your sins. He thought, okay. And he just started confessing all of his sins. So it's really fun to hear him tell his testimony of how he was radically saved. And God just talked to him. He became a pastor at a really young age. And he knew that he had friends who were still in addiction mm-hmm. and they were on their way to hell and just didn't have a way or know um, how to get that walk back, how to really 
um, come back into relationship with God. And so um, he founded Hope Center in 2007. So we're getting close to our 15-year anniversary, and that's what we exist. We exist to lead um, people who are struggling with drug and alcohol addiction to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We want them to be disciples. It is a discipleship program. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to be a part of it. I, I joined a couple of years ago and it's just been a blast to see God um, doing that walk back with a lot of people. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, what are the phases that some of the residents have to go through? Or all of the residents have yeah, to go through? Yeah, so we ha- it's an eight to 12 month program. Mm-hmm. And there's three phases. Um, the first phase is 45 days. And it's it's very much like that cleanup time. So, like, I, a, a lot of our residents, they'll be coming from jail. They'll be coming from, you know, off the street. Um, there's, there's occasions where we even have homeless um, people. And so that first 45 days is a focus period. They are learning um, what are the root issues of my addiction. Mm-hmm. They are doing Bible studies, counseling. Um, it's just a, a time where they are di- diving deep into learning God's word and who God is and that God loves them. Um, so that's the first phase. And then the second phase Well, I bet is, in the first phase, though, that's probably also where they realize that they kind of burnt all the bridges. Yes, absolutely. No, you know, the family is done and the friends are done. Absolutely. And, yeah. and when they come to Hope Center, they've pretty much burnt all the bridges. It, you know, Hope Center is not necessarily one of those um, rehabs you might think about in California where all the movie stars yeah. come to. <laughs> Um, it, yeah. you know, people There's who no are Masseuse broken or... now, no. now, you know, no, <laughs> but there are, you know, there might be some centers who have masseuses. We have a generous community, so we do have some people who may be doing that, but, um, no, it's, it's not, you know, the, the highest of classes, but, you know, we do have doctors and lawyers. We have people from all walks of life, but they're broken and a lot of them have burned all those bridges. And so, they're they're clearing their heads they're learning um that you know another life is possible and so that's the first phase in and so in the second phase of the program um our residents are still doing all the same things so they're doing counseling bible study um they have a structured schedule and but it we're they're introduced to what's called vocational training, um, which they go forty hours a week. They're learning how to um, become a part of a business again, and they're you know a lot of times a resident may have you know lost some connections. Maybe they were part of a profession before, maybe they weren't. But they're building a not just um, learning how to be sober in that kind of environment, but they're also building respect again, and they're they're learning and get, gaining self respect of wow, I you know I can do this, yeah. and so it's it's um, well, some people don't know how character. to be an employee, right? No one ever taught them mm-hmm. how to be an employee, and it's it that's what they're learning yes, in the second yes. phase for sure. And then the third phase is the last phase, and it's a transitional period. And so they're actually becoming employed with a company. So they may decide to stay at the place that they've been or find another job. And they're building up, um, earning a paycheck and being able to start paying off fines, child support, anything like that. 
And so that's kind of that last step out before they graduate. And um, it just, it's another way to um, just transition out back into society. And so. Is there any help for them after they graduate or they just. Absolutely. We encourage our residents to become involved. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of times, you know, the biggest part of recovery, which I'm, I'm learning (laughs) um, is to, you know, help others um give back and so whenever people graduate they have an immediate opportunity to counsel other uh, residents or just become involved in in continue to be with celebrate recovery a lot of times so a big part of hope center is the church um every hope center has a church every church has a hope center is the vision and so um you know, a lot of times, even residents who may leave the program at any point will stay involved with that church. And so that's another big part of how they can stay involved and connected with um, those that they have. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's great. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, you have to have a, a church that you can link up to yeah. because otherwise you're, you're out there that lone sheep. So, yeah, you do the importance of knowing that this is where – I worship. This is where I go to, to um, you know, have a pastoral staff over me, and yeah. So it's important to have that link. You gotta, gotta you gotta do that. Mm-hmm. So um, now here's the important part: is um, so how many are there across the country? Or is- yeah, so we have 31 locations in the United States and three in Wales. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, awesome. so we're actually a worldwide ministry, and we there's a big vision. Um, we actually added uh, 13 locations this year in 2021, and we expect we'll add at least 14 next year. So we wow. are growing. The need for recovery is large, and it's growing. Mm-hmm. I saw a stat the other day that um, between the ages of 18 and 45, um, fentanyl overdose had become the largest oh. cause of death in the wow. United States. So, um, unfortunately, there is a need, but as long as there is a need, we're here. Um, and so we are growing, and, yeah, we're definitely worldwide. Awesome, awesome. awesome. Um, so here's the important question, because this is our podcast is kind of <laughs> like towards women, although we invite men to be part two, yes. without a doubt. Um, is there a woman's hope center yes we have uh, multiple um we have several hope centers that are women's i was trying to look at the stats before i came i think we have nine of our locations in the united states are are women's and one of our locations in the wales is a women's center so we definitely um see the value there we've seen and we actually have a guest that's coming after me is a woman who um, graduated from the Hope Center, so I'm excited. Yeah, because there's a part two to this podcast. This, this is part one. Um, okay, so I know that. How does that work? Because I do a little, I do a ministry in prison, women's prison, and it's always, the issue is always their children. It's yes. always the issue. Yes. And um, it's like, you've got to fix yourself before you can take yeah. on your children. But then it's like, there's there's a constant struggle and guilt of I know, but mm-hmm. the minute I get out of here, I'm getting them back. And was like, well, okay, you get them back, but you're not ready for to get them back. I understand that you, yes. I totally understand the need to get them back, but you're not ready to get them back. So how do you 
how do they deal with that struggle? I mean, because it's got to be real. I mean. Sure, it, it is real, um, for sure. And it's a in ours is a year long program, Ooh, yeah. and so that is a year sometimes away from your family. And but we, what's really cool is that when when you come to Hope Center, you're you're gaining that reputation back, and we have a reputation with the courts, and a lot of times, so you know when you're helping yourself and learning recovery and learning how to become a productive member of society again, um, you are getting that opportunity to get your kids back and be ready for them, for mm-hmm. sure, um, to be able to help them. Cool, cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys have a, a pretty like family-centric ministry. Like You really like to involve families, right? Yes. So our, um, one of our slogans that we like to say is restoring lives, um, restoring families, mm-hmm. and restoring communities. Um, because it's not just about the resident, it's yeah. about their family. In fact, one of the things, one of the cool things I get to do, I work in the central office. So I get to see the big picture and what's happening around the world, actually. And um, one of the things that we uh, track and like to uh, keep track of is baptisms. Oh, and wow. not only are our residents getting baptized, but their families are getting baptized too. And it's really cool to see that not just, you know, the to see them become leaders of their homes again, um, but also see their families following them in yeah. becoming, having a relationship with Christ. So That's so amazing. Wow. I love that. And Jessica, haven't you been to one of the women's I hope have, centers? And yeah. I have, I love those ladies. They're so special. Yeah. Um, okay, well, how can we get involved? Like, how can we help Hope Center Ministries? So there's uh, obviously a couple of ways that you can get involved. Um, if you're in the area um, where there is a Hope Center, and we're in 11 states in the U.S., so um, there are some opportunities for that. Um, we, we ask for mentors who will do counseling with our residents, uh, lead Bible studies, even just, you know, every Saturday, our residents are doing fun things. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a way you know how to organize something fun or, or a way you, you know, want to yeah. even provide for that, um, you can volunteer, you can give. Um, we, we very much rely on our generous community to uh, give in all the ways that they do. So great. That's cool. Uh, well, uh, so thankful that you came because uh, I think it's something this is I think you know this is going to be huge it well it already is huge yes. but it's just there is such a heavy need such a heavy need for that and um what about there's a website right for Hope Center in case you want to donate or yes. something like that so hopecm.com h-o-p-e-c-m for Hope Center Ministries.com is our website and you can give there. You can also sign up to volunteer there as well. Great. And we'll put that on our little... Um, yep. On the show notes. Yeah, the notes so that you can see it and write it down and, and participate. Because um, 2022 is going to be a huge year. I think, you know, it's, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say it is. <laughs> yes. The evil twin sisters of 20 and 21 are gone forever. They're done. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, but, so 2022 is going to be great. And, yeah. and I think it's going to be a great time for people to... Um, come back, mm-hmm. do the come back, the walk back, and they're just gonna need help. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's that's what we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. is extending a hand, giving out help. Yeah. And um, and I think we need to catch on to that. That it's not just about 
us and our kids mm -hmm. and it's about helping others outside of that nucleus yes absolutely. so anyway well um why don't we end can you share share like a, your favorite story or yeah. testimony yeah. we'd yes. love to hear that yes yes so i you know i've heard so many stories <laughs> what's really cool is a lot of the people that i work with at hope center came through hope center um oh. so you know we we've are fully vested in them becoming uh, productive members of society and you know like I said giving back so they get that opportunity and a lot of times if they want to become an intern afterwards they um, we will hire them on and um, they will come a part of Hope Center so I have met so many Hope Center people <laughs> who've graduated so it's really hard to pick one story I think one of the stories that I heard um, that really was probably eye-opening for me, um, which I think really goes with the theme of what we're talking about, um, was a girl in Tennessee. Um, I actually met her at a training, um, and it was in my first year at Hope Center. And um, she, her name is Megan, and she had been in addiction and actually came to Hope Center four different times oh. before oh. she graduated. Wow. And... I just remember hearing that and seeing how put together and a mighty strong woman of God that she was. Like she prayed over me and I was feeling the anointing of God. <laughs> and I am just so impressed with how the fact that sometimes, you know, either you will graduate and you need that walk back again. Um, and so just knowing and hearing that story from her, um, was really impactful to me. Um, so that's just one. I could tell you many more. Um, it's just really cool to hear all this. There's so many uh, stories. But that's awesome. That's that incredible. is so awesome. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Teresa, for coming. And um, again, you know, look on our notes. You'll see the, the Hope Center website um, address. And please go there and check it out. And um, if you feel called, please make a donation to it because... Um, that's one of the ways we show that what you do with your money shows what's in your heart. Yeah. And so um, please do that. And I, we just thank you for listening to Lifting Your Higher podcast. And know that we're all here on the first and third Thursdays at 8 p.m. And we know that you are loved, that we think about you, that you are beautiful inside and out, um, that you have a purpose in life, just like the Hope Center has a purpose, and um, that you're needed. You are needed. So be blessed and stay safe.